You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Oz Network for some brand new coverage. You've never talked about this show before. You know, it's not a new spinoff. Like, you know, we've covered The Amazing Race, and that was not an Australian version. It is a brand new show here on the Oz Network. You know, Third Watch was on its way out. It's been done. We had our, what, 25-year anniversary or whatever it was. <laughs> I don't listen to that stuff, <laughs> so I don't know. But that's been done. <laughs> the series has ended, and now we're here to fill in the gaps, this time without Ben, without the other people Ben talks to. I don't know. Uh, you think I work here, but I don't. Um, here to talk about a brand-new show, a Survivor-esque show, a, co- a cartoon, comedy, drama show that has everything Survivor fans want. Uh, has everything everything you want uh, it is total drama island and we're here to go through all the different episodes in the first season and depending on how well you like it maybe the seasons after to come with whatever names that they are because there's crazy names after this but we're here to cover this awesome new show for you and we gotta dive straight into it as always i'm your lovely host rossi and on this podcast marshmallows represent life and my name is colin and i'm glad i'm on a podcast with just guys oh i i didn't mean that i like chicks i just don't want to sleep with them <laughs> and i'm jared and throughout the ho- the um length of this podcast i hope i get dropped on my head <laughs> <laughs> um so as you can tell, if you haven't watched the show, go watch the show. Uh, then you'll make our references will make a lot more sense. But uh, either way, sit down and join us. Uh, we have quite an interesting set of episodes to talk about. Uh, not that we're pre-recording this in any way. Uh, we're doing it fresh every week. <laughs> Just to dispel any sort of rumors you may hear. But uh, kind of the first thing I wanted to jump right into is obviously for everyone to kind of know jared and i are familiar with the show we both watched the original series have you watched more than this first series jared or uh the first three series and then kind of beyond that bits and pieces so yeah so jared and i are very familiar with the show and kind of how it operates and all this kind of stuff so it's really exciting to have colin on here who is like unfamiliar with the show maybe has heard of it because it's a canadian show so maybe you have some familiarity with it but like i just want to get your like general thoughts kind of like before we even kind of talk about the show itself like what have you thought in the little you've watched so far and from what we've told you and stuff well i, I you're right this shows it's on canadian tv like constantly it's one of these things i always sort of see you know in the guide uh total drama island or whatever and you know it's from the makers of 16 another show that i've never seen but i'm familiar with um but uh, I, I really knew nothing about it until you suggested, you know, hey, there's a new project we want to do. You know, it's a show could be covered from the beginning. It's Total Drama Island. I'm like, well, what's that? And I looked it up and saw that it was, lo and behold, a Canadian animated show and a parody, I guess, of reality TV, which fits in perfect what we do on the Oz Network and parody Survivor, which fits even perfecter, at least this season is. Um, and perfecter, more perfected, <laughs> uh, <laughs> absolutely perfect with what we do but uh i still knew nothing about the show and i kind of wanted to keep uh, keep myself as the the blind virgin um if that's my 
character I'm going to play. We're all playing stereotypes this week. I am the blind virgin of the Oz Network and just know nothing about this. So um, honestly, other than just reading up that, you know, it was sort of a parody of reality TV and seeing like, okay, I kind of know this person from the cast. I know this person from the cast, um, not the characters, the, the, the voice actors. I, until 24 hours ago, I'd never seen one minute of the show. And uh, now I'm, I'm coming in completely fresh as the blind virgin. So, I mean, this is going to be fun because uh, I, I get to go along with, you know, the, I guess the way this would be in a reality show. Every single week, you guys are going to be able to be like, oh, yeah, this is this person who comes up late in the season. I'm going to be like, spoilers, because I don't know who goes. And I think that's kind of the fun of this show is that while it's you know an animated show, every single week one of the characters is going to be voted out. And I have no clue who's going to go in the end. I, c- I could almost give you predictions. Not that I'm going to yet because I don't know all the names. But give me a couple weeks and I'll give you predictions. <laughs> Um, yeah. Now, when we get to the last week, you'll give us our, your final <laughs> predictions. Uh, well, at the very least, you won't look, be sound any more dumb than I did on our Smallville episode. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, you're in good company with uh, being dumb. I, I don't think you'll sound any worse. Yeah. This is not based on some historic show or movie or franchise or anything like if that. If it was so five minutes into this episode end. and I'm like, I didn't realize this was a cartoon until you said cartoon, Rossi, then maybe I'd be just as dumb. <laughs> In my defense, I never watched Smallville, so uh, anyway, <laughs> go on listen to the Smallville episode if you want some real confusion. Uh, but yeah, like you, like I was saying, this was obviously a Canadian show, and if you, you know, now watching it, I, I didn't realize how Canadian it was. Like, there were so many references that I didn't even pick up. Like, when I originally watched it, was it when I was like a, a preteen or a teen, I don't remember exactly when it came out. But it's so very Canadian with all the Night Ammo Bar references and History of Canada, like, book and all this kind of stuff that came up in the episode. Uh, and then it was shown here in the United States, which is why I'm familiar with it. It was, like, shown, I think, one year later. I think it probably had wrapped up in Canada. And they were like, oh, let's put this on one of the cartoon shows here in the U.S., which is where I found it. Like I said, many seasons were made. Like, they had the second season is, like, immediately essentially an all-stars, but with, like, half the cast. It, it just it does whatever it wants and I think that's what makes it so great is that it's this reality TV parody that just gives no like F's about anything like, like there's sh- like sh- eat- man eating sharks in the second episode like it like will not it doesn't pull any punch it doesn't j- jump the shark it like jumps the shark every episode so <laughs> it doesn't it's, jump it just oh, feeds oh, the shark <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, one thing I'm curious for Jared I'm not sure how I never asked you how you started watching the show because in everything I saw, I didn't see it shown in Australia, but maybe it was. No, so it was on, um, you'll love this reference, on Channel 2 um, because we name our, all our channels just after the numbers. <laughs> Laziness, also known as ABC, um, the Australian ABC, obviously not the American ABC. Um, yeah, I think around kind of similar time, maybe like a year after kind of 2008, um, yeah, daily episodes uh, to get through what is just an amazing first season of this franchise that, as you said, just does whatever it wants, pushes everything to the extreme, um, and is just uh, a total joy to watch. Yeah, total drama and total joy all at once. And I think the first season is really a good kind of 
benchmark. I think the other seasons they go different directions. Like one of them is based on like theater and singing, and then another one's based on acting. And this one, this one's really like kind of pure. Like it's the pure Survivor parody. I think that like we were coming. This was still 2008, so we were like all stars, Vanuatu era. If I'm right, am I? I don't know. Maybe, but like we were still in the early days of Survivor, so it was still fresh, like water cooler topic for some people. So like right on the bandwagon of kind of parodying that, and really, if you like pay attention, there's so many like vague, not vague, but like references to Survivor, like the marshmallows representing life and. And one by one, they'll be eliminated and sort of the Chris, the host being very like Jeff Probst parody, but like, like on steroids, like very crazy. Yeah, like super sassy and like making fun of the contestants and like laughing at them and stuff that you would never see Jeff do. But it's just for this context, it's super funny and enjoyable to have as this like animated figure in the show. So I think like we'll get a little bit more into the show itself as we kind of go through each individual episode as we're talking about it. So I guess we'll start with the first one. Um, I always I forgot about this, but I love that they always start with this like uh, like warning message. Like these are animated people. Please do not try these stunts at home. You are dumb if you do. And just like totally mocking people, like kids or whoever's watching this, just like throwing that out there like breaking the fourth wall a little bit about it Uh, i'm sure this was unexpected for you colin to have have this sort of message at the start yeah and i I mean i was expecting you know a sort of parody i I think one of the interesting things about the show is i'm still trying to find like you know what is its audience because at times i think okay this is geared more towards kids or teenagers uh, but then there are a lot of jokes like that, which is like, okay, that's obviously more of an adult joke. Um, it's it's just a cool concept. And even well, we're going to get into this in future weeks, the whole previously on things. I mean, the, they have fun with that too. Like, they really just nail every little thing about a reality show, like even down to those little disclaimers. They manage to keep it like fresh as well with a lot of changes and they sort of do recaps. Like it doesn't feel... Sometimes in Survivor, I mean, we're getting a little off topic here, but sometimes the edit, you know, you always try to think about it too much. This time I feel like when you kind of get a fresh perspective, there's not too much. You're like, oh, they talk, they really heavily talked about, you know, so-and-so in this challenge and like, oh, are they going to get this edit? Like it, it feels like unobjective or they kind of do a nice job of like not leading you on in some way. And I think that that works in the way that they kind of have it animated and all sorts of, and all those characterizations of it make it feel like, it's this I feel like it gets like a multi appeal thing like you like you said like I'm not sure where it falls I feel like it's a lot of things because like I feel like I still have the same appreciate maybe it's nostalgia but I still have the same appreciation now than I did then I don't know if that Jared is on the same wavelength but I still love it just as much maybe even more yeah I think watching it back um there's definitely that sense of nostalgia and I just found it really interesting how the majority I suppose of my favorite characters has changed but then there's a couple of characters who I definitely appreciate more I think being older um, and probably align more to their personality types now than I did when I first watched it Um, so I love that yeah that watching it kind of again um, my opinions have changed Um, and yeah I think what we've said kind of they just really nail um, hit the nail on the head with 
um, these stereotypes and like playing up this reality format. And um, yeah, it's just really exciting. And the start of the episode is like as soon as like the best theme song ever plays, mm-hmm. um, we get that um, disclaimer. It's just a really fun way to um, start each and every episode. And they play the intro on every episode, I think, like 99% of the time on like current <clears throat> Survivor shows that don't play it anymore or don't even film it, record it anymore, like produce it anymore. Um, and I can tell you, like, I still like remember every word of this song. So like it was so fresh in my mind. But um, yeah, just a great star and that ener- like the energy of the song and it just like picks you up and it shows you everyone and everything like it. And it characterizes everything. It just gives like a great sense of the show and kind of what you could expect from it. Not, not like detailed, but like just a generalization of it. So in terms of the episode, like this one obviously being a little bit different since no one's arrived at the island yet, but like Chris McLean, who's the host, totally hamming it up, like being his like obnoxious as Jeff Probst can be, like over exaggerated hand gestures, like talking about like oh we told everyone they were coming to this five-star resort but it's this like rundown camp with like pollution and and you know the ant like that bird that has the soda can thing stuck around his neck <laughs> that will come back every episode um, and just the dock breaks at the end at the beginning of the episode as well like just all these like flaws that they're just like yeah it's cheap but uh this is TV and and he's just like hamming it the whole thing up and and then just an amazing like oh I think he's just such a great host just c- considering all the shit that goes down on this show are you a fan Colin I don't know I don't want to add in too much but yeah well I think he's he's the character you get right away because first of all his role makes it easier to follow because you know that's the host it's the same thing with the the chef guy you just sort of get this is who they are and you remember them right away whereas for me at the time of recording this you know i'm about three episodes into the show and i'm still trying to figure out who's this character again who's this because there's so many of them uh but it, it's it, it has a little bit of that jeff probes to it but he's got like a lot of douchey qualities from like a lot of different reality show hosts you know like i'm not a big fan of the bachelor but uh you know, Jamie watches every once in a while. The host on The Bachelor just has like this, you know, super smarmy, you know, uh, pompous thing about him, and they 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 bring little bits of that in there. And this guy almost feels like he could be, you know, a perfect contestant on a reality show. He'd be like the douche bro on an Amazing Race. Yeah, they definitely do a good job, like blending a lot of like relevant hosts and sort of people at the time i think like my media references jeff probes because i know survivor really well but the other like reality show hosts of something seacrest like mtv era yeah like some people that like totally are like hamming it up but like in a completely different way um like i think of sort of the cheesier reality shows I, like i can't think of a specific host but just kind of blending it and i think that's what makes it's like a unique they created this unique character out of all these sorts of like like extreme qualities of all these other different hosts that we probably wouldn't see on TV around the same time that this was being filmed or filmed uh, being uh, played on air. And it just, he, it's just so memorable of a character as well. Like he's like almost like another contestant with how characterized he is. And, and like you said, the same with the chef, the chef, chef is the same as well. Like um, you even said like, how big is this character? Like, I don't know. Uh, what his deal is but like he is almost like 
just as much as the character as Chris, obviously in a complete different direction. He's super angry and stuff like that, but he just, th- those two just like add the extra layer to this show that makes it really compelling. So I guess we can just kind of go through quickly, just like they all kind of arrive. They all kind of have their characterizations. Um, were there any standouts for you, Colin? Cause I don't want to go into each one, but like, were there any standouts for you that you could remember? Cause I know you're still struggling with, <laughs> A lot of characters. Um, there, I wrote down the names of the ones where I'm like, oh, this intro is really clever. I like this. Like Gwen, uh, I hope I got the name here, where you know she comes in and she rips up her contract. And then the, the host, uh, you said his name is Chris, right? Yeah. yeah. He's like, well, that's the great thing about lawyers. They make lots of copies. And this comes back like multiple times in the episode where every time she's like, I'm out of here. He just sort of holds up. I got another contract or whatever. I like that. Um the the guy Tyler like it's total slapstick comedy but this guy Tyler who's like water skiing in and then he just totally wipes out it's just a nice cheap introduction uh whoever it was that uh said oh I thought this was gonna be on a beach and then he goes we are on a beach and then that's where they cut to the bird with the plastic wrapped around his neck for the first time which I thought that was just a one-time gag and then it took me until the third episode to realize this is in the opening credits um and uh I don't even remember um what his introduction is but like my favorite character by far so far is owen like and i thought as soon as owen came in i'm like okay this just be the the fat stereotype and like some of the comedy with owen is really juvenile and then other things are just like hilarious but i wish i could remember what his introduction was like when he first came on i'm like okay that's the fat guy you know and i didn't even bother to make any note of it but man what a great character uh they do sell a lot of these characters it's just by the time they're done you're 20 four of them or whatever it is you've sort of forgotten the first couple yeah this is just like australian survivor with like the twenty-seven thousand people at the beginning you're just like i don't know who all these people are you know i think i guess the one thing that makes this a little um calling your dumb like come on get with it like is that they're such characters like no one looks like anyone else really they're all their own like identity and i know that we're only like a few episodes in so we really haven't seen much of them were like essentially two episodes in because the first one is like a two-parter mm-hmm. essentially so like you really haven't seen them yet but like they're all like kind of special and unique um jared i guess maybe before we without spoiling anything for colin they what would you call yourself the blind virgin yeah blind <laughs> virgin yeah <laughs> yeah don't spoil the blind virgin on and uh, placements but who are your some of your initial favorites at Maybe like back then, now, kind of like what? Where is your stance on some of them? Oh, it's so hard to pick. Um, I feel like I'm completely opposite to Colin. I can't stand Owen, um, and that like hasn't changed whatsoever. And I get like the appeal as a character, but just like the the humor from Owen is so juvenile, eighty percent of the time, ninety percent of the time, um, and it hasn't like grown on me over the years. Uh, as far as characters, um, just at this point, who I love, um, I think uh, Harold is great. Um, I never really realized before how much he's like a ripoff of Napoleon Dynamite, but um, like the identical characters in in the way that they voice things and the phrases that they, they use. And then other than that, I mean, like we're introduced to, like Heather, like. Um, one of the villains of the season and I love the moments with um, Justin, how everybody's in love with him, I thought were really funny 
Uh, and then, of course, Lindsay when she's chiming in at all these dumb moments throughout the intro. Um, so I think kind of those three or four characters really stand out to me at this point. Was Justin the guy, because uh, I didn't write the name of the character down, but I distinctly remember um, where they said, we we cast you based entirely on your looks. And he was like, I'm okay with that. That's him. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that guy was great too. Yeah, just like everyone's so different. I think some of my initial like favorites, I love Gwen. I think that like, that was like the first character that really stood out for me when I watched it like then. And then still to this day, like love Gwen. Like I, I talked to you, Colin. I was like, Lindsay is like one of my favorite characters of the series, like back then. And even till this day, I think that she's super fun. Um, some other characters are that we really haven't gotten to see too much yet. Like, I think Duncan's a really great character. I think, um, I love the gimmick of like Katie and Sadie, these two girls who are like inseparable. Um, I just think that's a really fun gimmick that like we don't really see too much on reality TV, like this this like characterization. So I think that that's fun. Uh, and just some of the other characters, like Lashana, is really fun. Like I forgot how much of a personality she had. Like, and then some of the and like Tyler, I like forgot how crazy Tyler was and stuff like that. Um, but. I will say, Colin, you're a little bit on the outs because I'm not a huge Owen fan either. I'll say I'm a little bit closer, a little bit more of a fan than Jared, but not that much. And it's not like everything Owen does. Like, like I said, there's times where I'm like, well, this is just sort of juvenile. But then there's like the odd joke where I'm like, that just really nailed, and I didn't see that coming. And it's a lot of the physical stuff that we're going to get into in later episodes. But I mean, I'm going to interested to see as the series progresses if some of the juvenile stuff where I'm like, ah, don't really care for that. If that just sort of takes over. Um, I wanted to talk really quickly because I'm not sure um, where you guys read is, but the. Uh, I'll call her LaFonda because somebody calls her LaFonda on the show, which <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite uh, reference there too. Um, w- her character, you know, they, they even introduce, and this show is all based on stereotypes, so I'm not taking any offense to this, but does the character with her very exaggerated, you know, butt and all that, and just her overall demeanor, I mean, even the way they introduce her is kind of funny. It's like, I never met a woman like you before, and she's like, what do you mean a woman like me? It's like, big and loud, like does it play maybe a little bit as like too far of a racial stereotype now i mean my personal opinion is this entire show is all about stereotypes whatever it may be some of them are racial stereotypes some of them are you know cultural stereotypes some of them are age stereotypes but it was the one character i sort of watched that Ooh, i wonder what people who are blind virgins like myself would kind of think about this character now she's definitely the one that I would say maybe like at the beginning ages the worst out of everyone. I feel like, you know, Harold's a nerd essentially is his gimmick, like a Napoleon dynamite nerd. Like that's universal. I think that that hasn't changed. The perception of nerds has gotten better, but like it hasn't changed much. They're nerds no matter what. Um, I think hers aged the worst, but I feel like maybe in my memory, like we'll see as we progress. I don't remember every, the show that well, but in the beginning, I feel like it's definitely characterization, like super specific, and I feel like she layer gets more layered and, and intricate, like as a character as she goes on. Jared, I don't know what your memory of it is. Yeah, I agree. This was the one for me that I suppose um, it was a lot more uh, obvious watching it now. Um, uh, how much kind of the racial stereotype is is played up here? Um, even like the moments initially, we get straight away with like her and and DJ. Um, and then I suppose Chef as well, kind of later as well. 
there's um yeah it's definitely interesting to watch and and as you said one of i suppose the um character types that maybe hasn't aged as well um but i agree with you i think there's definitely more complexity and she kind of moves outside those those stereotypes as the season goes on She's a great character. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think that she's like a really fun character, and I think that something like a really that brings something to the show. And I, I think that uh, I, I feel like you'll grow more to appreciate her as like the season goes on. Not saying that you don't like her, but uh, I think she gets better. So, because I like I, I agree with you. I was like, oh wow, I don't remember this uh, when I first watched it, or like thinking back on it, I was like, oh, I def- that was definitely different from my memory, but. Uh, well, we'll get to more of Lashana in the future episodes to come and stuff. So, but like the culmination of kind of getting to the the dock and, and everyone meeting each other, and you're like, oh, this is who everyone is and stuff like that. They're gonna take the group photo at the end of the dock, um, and constant like foil like joke. There's like, oh, the lens cap was on, uh, and then it was, oh, the memory card's full. I was surprised they went for the, a digital camera joke and not like, oh, the film's out. Mm-hmm. But um, and then they finally get the picture. But like, as the dock is crumbling beneath them, uh, just showing how um, poor and run down this like campground is, um, which we didn't mention is somewhere in Ottawa. I think they said Muskoka, Ontario. Muskoka, Ontario. Muskoka. Which, if we remember our Amazing Race Canada coverage, they I think they were there this past season where they built the Muskoka chair. That epic challenge. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, look so familiar. That's why. I no, that I've seen that place before. <laughs> Were they building Nine those fed. chairs at Camp Wawanakwa? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Chairs and hot tubs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is about building it in the, that that region? But like they sort of the the whole show is like, oh, parody. We're going to take the group photo that they would have normally taken before this season started but they're doing it now and then the, the dock crumbles and then they're like, all right, wash off and then get to the campground where they start to divide the teams that, or the tribes. If, if we're going to use survivor language here, um, the screaming gophers in green and then the killer bass in red. And I'm not really going to break down the teams, but the only real drama of this situation is that Katie and Sadie are separated <laughs> and they're not sure how they're going to be able to survive without each other on the same team and just more of this great characterization and other people trying to chime in like seeing you know courtney at this point like steps in she's like we'll get through it together and stuff like that so it's just fun character moments kind of in this part and then it gets a little bit more characterizations as they get to the cabins and sort of settle in you know like Lindsay, this is no, Lindsay is the cockroach in the second episode. I'm getting a little lost because at one point do they cut out? They they cut the cockroach with an axe in this episode. The cockroach in is the right near the end. Part? Yeah. Okay. I just said it, the cut for this was a little weird, so I'm just trying to remember it. But so like she sees the cockroach, and then Tyler tries to save it, but doesn't really do anything. You know, DJ freaks out and like breaks one of the bunks, like. You were talking about the joke that Owen was saying about, oh, I I'm glad we don't have any girls here. I don't want to sleep with girls and all that kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> See, that's great. Like, that's why, again, up until this point, I'm like, that's an adult joke you wouldn't have expected. And I, I totally didn't expect that joke. It's just hilarious. I will say I did I did appreciate that. Like, I didn't remember that. So, like, I, I was like, points for Owen on that because I thought that was funny. Uh, and obviously a reference that would have been, like, 
gone over my head when I was probably first watching this, maybe. And, um, and so just a whole bunch of cabin stuff. You know, people are claiming bunks and other people are sort of getting in each other's space. You know, I think this is like the start of a little bit of the feud between Heather and Lashana and they're sort of getting at it and stuff like that and just arguing. And so you really kind of get to see the characters unfold here a little bit. Um, I guess I'll let Colin, you have some say on some of the things that happened other than Owen. Uh now, one of the other things where I thought that's just really clever, I didn't expect it, is, you know, they, they cut to their confessionals, which is basically in a toilet stall or in an outhouse, which I thought was hilarious. I love that every single time it cuts back, you got, like, flies swarming everywhere, and there's, like, a giant fly trap behind. It's just, like, so disgusting. It's great. Uh, Katie and Sadie are definitely two of my other favorite characters that... Uh, uh, I mean, the idea of it's totally different because that's not something you would get on a reality show. But it is that stereotype of these two friends who are just like, they do everything together, you know, and they do a lot together in upcoming episodes. Uh, but uh, just their reaction when they think they're separated, it's like, I'll die if I'm not with her. It's like, yeah, I break out in hives when I'm not with her. It's just so over the top. It's great. Um, and then uh, I don't even remember what character it was when they were... Um, you know, separated the cabins, and they were talking about the bathrooms, like, oh, we have communal bathrooms, like, communal, but I'm not Catholic, it's like, communal, not communion, <laughs> this is a lot of little, Lindsay, that was Lindsay, okay, yeah, uh, like, a lot of little jokes like that were just hilarious, and then whoever it was that took the axe to the cockroach, I'm like, okay, that's just so over the top, that's fantastic, um, and even just the end of the episode, like, I uh, we're not going to get cliffhangers in all the episodes, you know, where they say the first challenge. Literally. Yeah. But yeah, this one, it literal cliffhanger, you know, and that's why I thought this was so clever. Like let's end off on a cliffhanger. That is literally a cliffhanger. You know, it was a perfect setup for the second episode. Cause you know, I wasn't sure how many of these episodes I'd be able to get to through, you know, one shot. And I finished this one. And they said the next challenge and they showed the cliff. I'm like, okay, I'm going to start watching the next one. It was, it was a good hook for, for episode two. Jared, any thoughts on the character scenes in this moment? Yeah, I just think this is kind of the highlight of the episode. The cockroach moment for me, oh, just just so amazing. <laughs> I love Lindsay as a character, and this is where she really shines. And then everybody gets so like there's so many characters involved in this sequence. Initially, it's just kind of DJ being scared, but then like you have like. 10, 12 characters screaming at the same time. Uh, you have Harold trying to stomp on her, and I was convinced watching it back. Um, I was like, he's going to stomp on Heather's foot at this point, uh, which didn't happen. Bad memory, but uh, missed opportunity there for that to be a thing. And then, yeah, Duncan coming along with the axe. It was just really funny. Um, I loved, yeah, the uh, communal line as well for the bathrooms and Lindsay wiring about where she's going to be able to plug in all her appliances to do her hair. Um yeah, just really funny and, um, yeah, a really good character moment for a lot of characters here. We get across a lot of um, the contestants in the show at this point. They also managed to do incorporate a lot of character moments a little bit as we kind of introduce Chef as a character and sort of get to the dining hall. And, and there were some moments there where, like, you know, Gwen was complaining. She's like, I hate to do this on the first day, but I think something moved. I think my food was moving. <laughs> And then he just takes the mallet and smacks it and it explodes everywhere. And like Lindsay was like, my, my dietitian or nutritionist says I can't have like flour, sugar, whatever. And she's like, Gwen's like, I think you're fine. Like noting that there's probably nothing edible in any of the food that they're being served. Um, and then some of the character interactions, I think get 
really kind of show who these characters are and stuff. And then even the people that are not playing, like Chris coming in and being like, come on, we got this challenge to do, like hurry up. And and Chef being like uncaring about what food he's serving to these people is just slops. And then as he like signals Noah or Cody, I forget which one it was, but he tells them like, hey, scrawny kid, you need more. And he drops the thing on the the plate, but then it comes right back up onto the, the ladle. And then he tries to throw it on again. And just, like, showing the tragedy of their situation, but also, like, really a character highlight of this stuff. Um, and then we'll also get kind of get right into the cliffhanger that Colin was teasing about at the end of the episode where they're essentially going to start their first challenge. And everyone's like, oh, my God, what are they going to do? Like, and they're thinking, oh, it can't be that crazy. And then big shot pan at the – they're at the top of the cliff. And then I think they cut to commercial – or they cut to the end of the show and Chris teases that – you know, the, the, on the next episode, well, this will happen and stuff like that. Just like a, a great way to end the show, like Colin was saying. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, you kind of already said it. Yeah. Jared? Yeah, I think it's fun. I love that it has all the staples of this this kind of big dramatic ending. And then we get next time, like next time on Survivor. Um, and um, yeah, just... It definitely, like Colin said, it hooks you into this this next episode. It's really smart to kind of have these first two um, combined. It's like it's like the longer premieres of Survivor. Mm-hmm. I feel like in in a two episode format. Yeah, and it just works. Like sometimes you know in Survivor, like if you watch Australian Survivor, you're like, oh, someone didn't go home this episode or something like that. Like this didn't feel like that. It felt like it was especially maybe because it's so short, but it felt like it was like, oh, you just want to keep going. Like, I can't, oh, uh, what happens with the cliff and everything like that? You're just, like you said, someone who doesn't know the show is like hooked and like obviously Jared and I are probably really excited to get to the next episode. We're just like trying to get to the next one going on and stuff like that. So it does an amazing job of hooking you in and then kind of leaving you off with that little bit of like, hey, this is what's coming up. Like you'll have stuff to look forward to and they sort of tease Owen's big jump off the cliff in the in this episode. So um, definitely a lot to stay forward, especially if you're a fan. So, Colin, I'm going to ask you now, before we wrap up the end of our first episode recap, I want to know, winner pick right now. Oh. I know you've seen two episodes and you know two people who are eliminated, but give me a winner pick right now. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with a controversial choice. I'm going to say Heather. All right. We're putting that in the box. Okay, reading the uh, total drama edgic. <laughs> yeah. Week by week, I'm going to quiz see how, if, when you're on the episode, see how, what you're thinking of your winner pick, Heather, at this yeah. stage. Maybe <laughs> if she's still in or if she's eliminated or whatnot. Uh, but we're going to lock that away. Um, I know you said don't give predictions, but I just at least wanted one thing at the beginning to see, to see what you think. Because uh, unlike... Uh, regular reality tv there is really no winners edit for this so <laughs> jared winner pick no <laughs> <laughs> i will say i i didn't know when i was going to say this but i feel like i should say it now um so depending on what where the show was airing the winner would be different what uh yeah so that's one of the controversial things of the show is that um like in some places of the world you'll get It'll just essentially swap the runner-up and the winner. So in some countries, you'll see the runner-up of, like, you know, what showed in Canada might be different in, like, another country that was showing it. So, like, 
I think we were all we all had the same winner, like uh, that. I think is kind of the original one, and then there's sort of the runner-up. It's a backup winner in some kind. It just is weird how they set it up. But yeah, it's very so clue-like of version. them, isn't it? I, it is, but it just it doesn't make sense. So it's not like, hey, here's like possibilities. It's just like in like six countries of the world, like here's the the runner-up is the winner or something. It's just weird. Completely and I don't understand timeline. why. Yeah, I'm guessing this is based all uh, on like the finale. It's not like you know Ezekiel is the winner in some country, right? <laughs> no, no, no. It's just the final two contestants mm. will just be swapped, and that's true for every season of this show. Like for some reason, they filmed both of them winning different and, and filming it and airing it in different places. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe Heather's one of the two. Who knows? That's amazing, because I heard that Sash actually won Nicaragua in some countries. <laughs> I think that's a rumor. I don't think he could win any season. but In some countries, there are mortgages that have been paid for already. <laughs> oh, uh, all right. Uh, I think we've lost all our total drama fans with that comment. Um, so... Um, according to Ben's rules that make no sense and absolutely zero logic, we're going to have to finish the second part of this episode tomorrow. So we'll get back to you with that, but we're Before we leave you, we're going to do our Byron bin. Are we right? Mm-hmm. All right, Colin, blind virgin, give us your, <laughs> well, before, before I get my rating, let me just ask a question. Um, when this originally aired, did this air as one part and then sort of in syndication and in the case I'm watching it on Netflix, they separated it as a two-parter? Because my rating is kind of it's, – it's kind of dependent almost on that. I am running to Wikipedia as we speak. I think it was always separate okay. from memory. Because for me, I feel like if this was one whole episode – my rating would be very different because I don't think that you would judge it. But, you know, although the whole cliffhanger ending was great to get me hooked for the second episode, I just feel like for an episode that was only 22 minutes where I think more than half of it was just the character introductions, I felt like that was a little bit too much. It was enough that I wouldn't give this a buy. I'd still give this one a rent because, you know, it definitely hooked me enough for the second episode. And there's a lot of hilarious stuff in here. I just... I don't know as a half-hour episode if this was as balanced as it could have been. I'm getting, like, very critical here for a cartoon, but it feels weird. <laughs> it feels very weird to be this this analytical about a cartoon, but that's, that's my rating. I'm sticking with it. So in looking it up, um, so in Canada, it actually aired the same day, so it went right back-to-back. Back. Mm, but was always but produced US... as two episodes, right? Yes. Okay. They were made as two, but they immediately aired them kind of like a a two-part Survivor Mm -hmm. episode or something like that. But in the U.S., they did it a week later, so you had to wait a week to see the second part of the Cliff episode. And see, that's that's part of the problem for me is that I feel like if you were to watch this even two days back-to-back, I think that's fine. But if watching this two weeks back-to-back, even though the cliffhanger gets the interest in the second week, I had enough trouble following, you know, 24 characters – you know, 10 minutes later when I started the next episode, I can't imagine a week later, like, I have no clue who these people were a week later. Well, good thing you had two seconds between episodes, <laughs> maybe, so. Uh, and, and then you watch the third episode probably two seconds after the second. Yeah. So, uh, they're fresh in your mind now, so we'll see you in a week when you figure out, when you forget everyone. Mm. 
Jared, what is your your Byron been of part one, episode one? Yeah, I've been tossing up between rent and buy. I think the nostalgia factor is going to push this into a buy for me. Um, I loved uh, getting to know all the characters again right from the start, uh, seeing their initial introductions, liking some different people. I love that we're already getting kind of a bit of Chris's backstory here um, with him being on some celebrity ice skating show. (laughs) So, And I think the whole cockroach uh, sequence really sells it for me. So definitely, I think, a buy. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with you, Jared, just because, like, immediately, like, the beginning of it was just like, wow, the flood of memories and sort of the nostalgia of it all just brought back so much. And then, like, I was, like, pleasantly surprised at a lot of things. Like, I forgot. Like, there was stuff that I forgot. Like, and then jokes, like, Colin, with the Owen joke that Colin was referencing, like, that I couldn't appreciate then, but now I appreciate it. So there's just a lot of stuff. As much I still love it, like it just changed my perspectives, but it was still great to watch it like back and see all the characters and you know, oh, I know roughly where they place, but like interesting to see them now, like after I've seen kind of doing like a, a survivor rewatch of this show. So it's it, it's fun, I'm still loving it. So I, I'm gonna bin episode one, part one, yeah. No, man, not been. <laughs> I absolutely love this. It was such a walk down memory lane. I'm totally binning this thing. No such one called me out. Thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, we're gonna end before I say something else. Um, Where can so, people find this show oh, if they want to watch it, Rossi? Good point, Colin. I totally forgot. Um, so we did some deep digging, and we found that Total Drama Island is available on Canadian Netflix. Australian Netflix, and the very first season is also available on the U.S. Netflix. Um, some of the seasons are not available, but the very first season that you could watch with us is still available on all Netflixes, aka the ones that we looked at. Um, and maybe, and it's also available on Daily Motion. I know that some of the episodes, at least the first three episodes, were available on that. So I'm assuming all of them are. Uh, so you should definitely stay tuned or watch this season along with us um we'll be back tomorrow to cover the rest of this episode because ben has crazy stupid rules about two-part episodes so we'll see you tomorrow um goodbye thank you for listening to the oz network don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week for more information hit us up at the oznetwork.net